This episode is brought to you by MGMA Events. Join us June 6th through the 8th for a robust and convenient learning experience featuring education from industry leaders covering a wide variety of challenges facing medical practices today. MGMA Summit is a signature online event that allows you to take control of your journey by attending live or by accessing the sessions at your own pace until July 8th. Go to mgma.com events to learn more and to register today. Hi everyone, I'm Daniel Williams, Senior Editor at MGMA and host of the MGMA Podcast Network. I am joined here in Orlando uh, by Adrian Lloyd, who is an MGMA consultant. And so I will welcome you here. Adrian, thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Daniel. So you are, as I just mentioned, an MGMA consultant. Yep. You had been, I've known you, I think, for at least, I guess, about four years or so. I've been at okay. MGMA four or five years, yep. so maybe... I've known you pretty much since I started. You uh, had been at Duke for a long time, and you have, I think, made a full-time leap to consulting. So kind of fill in the gaps there. What was the thought process behind that? You and I were just talking offline about how a lot of people think about, you know, maybe fantasize and romanticize about what consulting could be like. What what is the life of a consultant? consultant. <laughs> Unpredictable. No, I, I just often call it, a, it's a roller coaster. I think, you know, it's right. just, um, but for me, you know, I was, I was at Mayo Clinic for 10 years and I was at Duke for seven and, you know, I really enjoyed my roles. I enjoyed the teams, but it was ultimately really time for me to be able to help other practices. And I like, I love variety and love change, right. which has always been able to be part of my formal executive roles. Right. But, um, now as a consultant, it's definitely a lot, a lot more so. Um, but it's been really great to kind of make the leap and be able to, you know, work with different practices, specialties, sizes, um, all over the country. And, and yeah, so I made the full time leap in early of twenty one. So okay. it's been a little over two years, and I was doing it part time before then. Um, but uh, yeah, I definitely have a lot of people ask, you know, oh, I'd love to do it. And yeah. it's funny. I also thought it was. I thought it was going to be my retirement job, you know, yeah. retire and I do consulting <laughs> part time. Now I don't think I'll ever retire. I'll probably still do part consulting, just maybe yeah. a little less of it. But um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely it, for me. It was just time to feel like I could actually contribute in different right. ways and not have another, you know, administrative type role. I really wanted to be able to help, kind of support them in what they're doing. So, um, but yeah, it's been it's been a journey. Yeah, sure. well, it's so funny that you mentioned that because. Um, about seven years ago, well, seven years, three days now, it was about seven years ago, I had up until that point for 20, 25 years, I had worked for media companies, editing magazines, editing newspapers, websites, all that sort of thing. And I just wanted a little bit more freedom. Maybe that's you know a little more independence, yeah. maybe like you're talking about. And I used to even joke about it like, well, I'm, I'm going to be like partially retired almost, you know, and then I ended up working even more than I did because it just, it's like the clock, it, it can be where it never stops, you know, yeah. ticking. And I, I just wanted to get your thoughts about that because you had mentioned you did work at the Mayo Clinic, you did work at Duke. And um, I, 
I'm only guessing. I've never worked at either place, but I'm guessing there's a lot of st structure. And I don't mean yeah. that in a good or a bad way. Just there's there's a real structure to that yeah. every day. You know that going in when you wake up versus being a consultant. Not that there isn't, not that it's like walking a tightrope without yeah. a net below you, but I mean, yeah. there is, uh, you know, independence and also, uh-oh, I'm, yeah. <laughs> it's me. If I don't I do it, then it won't get done now, right. you know. So talk about that transition from yeah. being from very respected, you know, kind of structured yeah. organizations to yeah. you're the boss and it, the buck stops with you every day, yeah, so to speak. The boss is not always... <laughs> nice to yourself sometimes. exactly um, exactly yeah and i mean i would i would say being a you know i love mayo I, you know i love when i was able to do a duke um they're definitely very different organizations right. in terms of structure and right. all that but I, I would say it's probably structured chaos okay is the structured best. Chaos. and i think most of us in administrator roles and you'd say right that's you know there's some structure but then you're putting out fires most that's of true. the time too but but i do think you're right in that there's um within an organization there's always someone else that you're accountable yeah. to and as a consultant, you're of course accountable to your clients and your right. customers that you're working with. But ultimately, if I choose to not send a proposal out or I choose to not like right. pick up the phone and do something, then I could literally sit around and no one could know I exist. Right. And, you know, you could kind of go into, <laughs> you could go in the either because yes. you really are you're responsible for your own outcomes and True. and driving and attracting clients and figuring out the problems and then moving forward. So it's definitely um, I think honestly that was probably one of the unexpected um, transitions that got, was kind of hard for me leaving. It was one thing to go from an organization to an organization where right. I moved in, you know, when I left my to go to Duke, I had a team that I got to work with and really kind of people around that you're supporting and you're responsible to. Um, and then when you leave an organization and you're, you are making a leap into entrepreneurship, it's definitely, it can be a lonely journey for right. sure, um, which has been great to be able to partner with MGMA um, with the great people we have, like on the consulting team and, and you guys and, you know, continuing speaking right. and um, being out in the world, that's been really, really good. But I think it is something that surprises a lot of people when they jump into kind of the consulting entrepreneurial world. If you're not joining a firm, is that you're you're on your own right. a lot of times. And that's great and, and terrifying. Um, so <laughs> it's, I've learned a lot. And, yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people that likes to try, as I mentioned, I like change. I like to try lots of different things, right. lots of different systems, trying to figure out what's the best, you know, FOMO. I'm trying to figure out the best things. And, right. Um, I had to kind of corral that a little bit because there's got to be, at some point, you got to get enough information, make a decision and move forward. So, yeah. Um, there's not somebody to kind of keep me in line there. I have to do it myself. Yeah, your situation <laughs> is a little bit different than some you had just mentioned that people come up to you and talk to you about, oh my gosh, man, I've always thought about consulting. Now, you didn't just one day work at Duke and then the next day you're consulting. You had right. dipped your toe in it. You had done some yeah. consulting for a while. When I met you yeah. years ago, that's the situation you were in. Even though you did that... What has been either the biggest surprise for you in being a consultant full-time yeah. or even the best advice, you know, if I knew that, that yeah. now, what you would share yeah. with some of these people who uh, have inquired uh, with you yeah. about that, what that life yeah. is like? Yeah, I definitely think you have to have a strong referral source okay. and, or, you know, um, I also think it's important, and this is one thing I'm, I'm still working on myself as well as to get the you know, you don't want to niche down like too small that okay. there's not a market, but frankly, healthcare is so big. There's so yeah. much market 
we could all compete on the exact same right. skill and topic and there's plenty of work to go around as we know um but i definitely think i mean and i was having i started consulting where i you know i've been doing speaking for i guess almost 12 15 years now. okay um okay. and so you know as i was speaking and talking about different topics i would have people start to come up from the audience and at first it was like hey can i call you and talk about this and it was like yeah. can you come here and do a project with us and so that really started me being like oh i can actually you know create something where i'm helping lots of different people but also having flexibility and right. um, and impact in the way that i wanted to so um but going from that and then partnering with mga and there's a couple other groups that i i work with as well um to be able to have you know clients kind of coming in requesting help and us be able to work with them and see if we're the right fit i think that's been um very very important and i think if you're going to jump into consulting um, if you're not going to join one of the big one of the big firms right. and try to do it on your own, you really need to make sure that you've got, I mean, I would honestly probably try to have one or two contracts, maybe it's somebody you worked with before okay. that you could do part-time work for or something, but you've got to have some referral source. And then I also think continue, continuing to speak or share or mm -hmm. you know network in whatever form you do it is going to be so critical. Yeah. Let me follow up with that then because you were talking about it and I want to make sure I heard you right. Um, as far as having a specialty, because uh, like you, uh, rightly or wrongly, sometimes you get pigeonholed into that Lean Six yeah. Sigma. Oh, there's Adrian. Yeah. Let's give her a call and let her talk <laughs> about that. But I know that you can cover the gamut of you know yeah. consulting for a practice. So how much should you have that specialty that in your toolbox? Because I know at MGMA yeah. you work with Andrew Haiti, who's a director of content at MGMA, and to a degree, uh, he works with uh, different consultants sure. on the MGMA consulting team where, okay, here's uh, that Lean Six Sigma expert. Here's the <laughs> yeah. expert in this yeah. area, in that area. So talk about that, how helpful or how uh, limiting it may be. I yeah. mean, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I, um, well, and it, and it also kind of my speaking career has like, you know, evolved, too, <laughs> yeah. I think, over the years. And, you know, I started with Lean and Six Sigma. Oh, I guess it was back in like 2007, 2008. And um, I saw what how powerful it can be to have mm -hmm. those tools in place right. to create, create change. What I've learned since then, going through my own team transformations and now partnering with others, is that if you don't have the team, if you don't have the people aligned with where you're right. going, understanding why you're trying to do yeah. Six Sigma, you're wasting your time. And honestly, you can kind of make things worse sometimes mm -hmm. because people will see you starting to change things, but you haven't really helped them understand okay. where you're trying to go. So um, I love the work now that's a little broader around okay. like really how do we get alignment, yeah. create an accountability culture so that when you do put Lean and Six Sigma and processes in right. place, there's some structure there. Um, and then you can engage the team so that you're not trying to lead alone as the you know administrator, the right. super manager, whatever your, your role may be. Um, and that you've really got a team that's coming with you, coming, you know, coming to you with ideas. And then right. I always often describe like the knock on the door that used to give me panic. It was like, oh gosh, what else blew up today? Right. But when you get, you know, you can start to be like, well, maybe it's somebody, you know, knocking on my door that like, hey, you mind if we try this? Or hey, I was thinking yeah. about this. Um, and so really creating that like culture. So I love those types of right. projects the most. Um, but I've also done, you know, physician compensation design, which I'll be talking about actually tomorrow afternoon here in Orlando, because yeah. I, I do think you know, compensation drives behavior. And so mm -hmm. again, it's like, what do you want to create? Right. And how can you build that alignment that, and those processes and structure to really create mm -hmm. what you're trying to, whether it's compensation or operations. Flow. Right. So, um, so I think for me, those have been 
you know, revenue cycle stuff, compliance. Like we've got great people that do those things. Right. That is, can I do it? Yes. But does it, it feels heavy to me. Right, I, think that's, right. I think that's something too, whether you're in an executive role or thinking about doing consultant or whatever our roles may be. Um, I really encourage people. And this is something I've spent a lot of time in the last few years. It's like really trying to figure out like, what, what am I really good at? Right. Um, for me, it's like putting pieces, puzzle pieces together and yeah. solving problems. If this and that, like, let's try this efficiency upgrade and mm -hmm. see if we can save time. Mm -hmm. But it's like, whatever that is for you, like, that's what you should try to do more of. Yeah. And there's things that feel heavy or, you know, for me, I love actually, uh, I'm a much better editor than I am writer. So okay. if I can have somebody help me yeah. in drafting some of the things like that. I can go faster. I can mm -hmm. do more things. Um, so just kind of understanding where, mm -hmm. what you really enjoy doing. And I think that's been a learning process throughout the last four or five years doing consulting is, you know, you kind of take a project on and you're still going to commit to it and finish it and do it well. But at the same time, you're like, I don't know if I ever want to do this one again. Yeah. <laughs> this specific topic. For again. sure. So, um, yeah, so it's a learning process for, for I, sure. I know exactly. I, I'm, I'm finding parallels <laughs> because, again, being in an organization as you were as a practice administrator, that's one thing. Then you went out to consulting. I did the same thing, ran magazines and stuff, and then went out and freelanced. And it's so funny hearing you say that because when I first did it, I mean, for, you know, I had a mortgage to pay and a kid to put <laughs> yeah. through school and all that stuff. And so I would take everything that was sent my right. way. And then suddenly you start going, okay. I, I want to, can I sublease, right. <laughs> you know, I've got another good writer who may yes. want to write that story because yeah. I don't want to do it. You yeah. know, you kind of find out what you do right. and don't enjoy. Can you do yeah. it? Yeah. Absolutely. You have the tools to do right. it. And then sometimes you go, yeah, but I don't want to yeah. spend that bandwidth yeah. of mine doing that. What I wanted to say or ask you was, um, it, at a certain point, obviously, you went, a light bulb went off or whatever happened. I'd love to hear yeah. where you said, I want to start consulting. So what can you say about your own trajectory there? And then maybe some advice you can give other people if they're really feeling proficient and they want to continue to expand their wings as leaders. Uh, how do you know when you're ready to consult, so to yeah. speak? What's what's the determinant there for you? You know, and I think there's... Um, I could have very easily taken another administrative executive, you know, role and really enjoyed like create. I love to create things. Okay. So, um, and I, when I was at Mayo Clinic too, their their administrative process or um, process they have rotations. So typically the administrators okay. rotate every three to five years. So you're in a different department. So even right. so, while I was there, I was administrator for several different departments, which is great because you get exposure to different specialties. And so that was great for me. I felt like I'd had a breadth of experience mm -hmm. there, but it also created it kind of fed my my love for change. But then right. you know, when I was at Duke for seven years, I was in the same role. It morphed considerably from what I started and mm -hmm. um, doubled the size of the department. I had a lot of you know financial operational challenges that we resolved and those kind of things with a bigger team mm -hmm. and so forth. But, um, but ultimately as you've done the administrative role like over and over. Right. I, I didn't necessarily feel like I was learning a whole lot of new things okay. um, in that role. And I want but I wouldn't but I felt like I'd really had a lot of experience um, sometimes unwittingly <laughs> around like transformation and like kind of crisis management okay. and building those teams and really turning the ship. And I was like, if I can do this on, on such large organizations, because mm -hmm. 
I think that's another thing a lot of people think. Yeah. Large organization, you've got all these resources. Right. It's not necessarily true. It you know, can be the Titanic right. at times. Right. You're really trying to shift everything. Mm-hmm. So um, being, if, like, if I can do this in these large organizations, like, I want to be able to help other leaders do that. Okay. Because, um, you know, I think for me too, you know, I've got two kids. My um, daughter's 10 and my son's 8. And, okay. you know, it, it was one thing to have 60, 80-hour weeks when... Yeah. You know, before I had them, it was even one thing when they were tiny and this right. doesn't make it right. But, you know, as they got older and started to be aware of like, are you here? Or you're not here. Or, you're, right. or even if you're physically here, you're not present. Um, and so I really wanted to be able to have some more flexibility to be able okay. to do that. And I also hopefully am doing things that are allowing the leaders themselves, mm-hmm. the groups that I work with, to be able to have, you know, I, I feel like you should be able to have both. We should be able to have a great team that works together, right. organizations that's thriving and successful, and still have things that we're personally passionate about and mm-hmm. our family and whatever, you know, whatever is important to us. And so that's ultimately like what I want to be able to help other groups do. So yeah. for me, it was like, um, so I actually went to Michael Hyatt's um, Best Year Ever Conference in Nashville, and we'll be there in the fall for the okay. leadership conference. I'll plug it, but um yeah. He had a, um, it was like the first time I think I'd really embarrassingly actually written down specific goals around like yeah. what I wanted to create. I came up with the idea for the book that I'm working on okay. around leadership. So that'll come out later this year. But, um, you know, and I crafted the, like, you know, what? I really do think I can do consulting. I think I can help people. Here's mm-hmm. why. And also you know, from a logistical perspective, how much money do I need to have, okay. you know, in the bank yeah. to be able to make this leap so that there's, you know, I'm not entering mm-hmm. into panic mode because right. you know as we talked about the ups and downs yeah. you want to yeah. so there's some logistical things you've got to plan through too but um yeah i mean for me i think it's just you know you kind of hear hear the calling and right um, feel like it's but really evaluate like why do you want to do it is it yeah is it time flexibility is it impact is it being able to focus on certain different mm-hmm. things you know certain things versus trying to do everything um yeah i mean i think it will vary for people but really just trying to tune in to um, like why you want to do it. Okay. Well, I, I like the direction you just took that. So for the final question, then you did talk about having those uh, two kids. I, can I call them little yeah. kids? Uh, They're eight and 10. I so, yeah. yeah. I so, I mean, they're still where they really depend <laughs> yeah. on you and, yeah. and they, they, they don't have their driver's license. They can't, you know, once that yes. happens, they're, then they're uh, you don't see them me. anymore. I so <laughs> I found that I'm out the hard it. way. Yeah. So, um, I did want to ask you about that because if you're at an organization, I mean, yeah, I mean, there are companies that can give you some flexibility to go see that dance recital or whatever, but I mean, you are at an organization, so you're expected to be there. You're expected to, um, you you know, manage a team or whatever it may be as an independent contractor, so to speak, has, have you seen in these two years or so, has it, I know you work really hard because I've talked yeah, to you when yeah. both of us have had limited uh, mind space yeah. bandwidth, so to speak, but it has it allowed you to be able to see more kid things yeah. or do more kid things. Yeah, it really has. And, um, you know, I, I love what I'm doing. So for me, you know, I have, and I have a team too that I've built out. I mean, that's one of the other things as you jump into the consulting space is to think about, um, I have a team of a couple dedicated people and then some other contractors that I myself, you know, hire out right. to do some of these specific okay. things that um, I could do, but I'm not either don't love doing them or right. not as proficient as they might be. 
Um, and so having that team has been, has been helpful too, but I love what I do, but um, sometimes my team will be like, you worked all weekend. I'm like, no, but I was building something. I was creating right. something. And, um, and I have gone through a family transition this, you know, last year. So I, I have the kids, I don't have the kids all the time anymore, right. unfortunately, but um, I know that like I've been able to build a really, really strong relationship with them. And like when they're with me, mm-hmm. like we're having amazing times and memories yeah. together. And, um, and I also think it's important too. like, I, I want my kids to understand what I do and mm-hmm. you know, be inspired that we are helping people and that there's different ways to do that, whether it's, you know, an administrator or consultant or speaker or whatever it is that you're actually, you know, doing it to try to make a difference. And, um, so yeah, I definitely think the, um, the flexibility is, is huge. Um, and I'd also say too, you know, I, th- I think when you are, even when you're in the administrator role, mm-hmm. it's important for us. I think there were a lot of times I wasn't being a very good role model. Okay. Um, and I was kind of taking off the team or, oh yeah, let's go to that late meeting. Oh yeah, right. I'll take this. And I think, you know, we've got to make sure that we identify what's important to us right. too. Um, and I, I've worked as I do, I do coaching, uh, one of my coaching programs and there was a group I was working with and it's not just all of us that have kids. It's mm-hmm. sometimes the, you know, one guy said, you know, he's like, really, he's like, I really want to start dating. But yeah. it's like every time I, yeah. I date somebody, you know, I schedule a date, he's like, something happens in the clinic and I'm yeah. having to cancel and right. you know, nobody wants to show back up after you've done that two or three yeah. times to them early on. So, you know, being able to have, um, you know, just a culture in place that says, you know, you know, you've got your kid's soccer game on Thursday. Yeah. Like, absolutely, you get out of here. You right. do not need to have this meeting. You do, or we will have this meeting. You do not need to be here. Call me Friday morning. I'll give you a quick update. You know, yeah. having that culture that, like, you know, a we could we could talk about meetings a whole another yeah. <laughs> whole yeah, other hour sure. day. But you know, being able to have that culture that supports each other and what's important to you and mm-hmm. where you can talk about those things, I think it is huge. And mm-hmm. I think it impacts engagement and turnover and all different all those things too. So I think you can create more of it than. And I created some of that towards the end of my career, but I think you've got to be intentional about right. it. Right. Sure. You, you have opened a whole nother can of worms. <laughs> so we're definitely going to have Adrian back on the podcast yet again. So um, it's been great talking Absolutely. to you. Great to have you on the show. We are again live in Orlando from the uh, Financial and Operations Conference. All right. Well, Adrian Lloyd, MGMA consultant. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. All right. So that is going to do it for this episode of MGMA's Insights Podcast. Thanks again to Adrian Lloyd, MGMA consultant. And thanks to you for listening to the MGMA Podcast Network. If you like the work we're doing, please consider becoming an MGMA member. Learn more at mgma.com slash membership.